Welcome everyone to Four Guys in a Comic. This is Red, and I'm excited to present the captivating captain of comics, the visionary of variants, the awesome, amazing artist, only known as Scotty Young. Scotty, welcome to Four Guys in a Comic. Wow, thank you. That was uh, that was, I, that was some sweet titles. What was I? The, <laughs> what was oh the visionary of variants? I, yes. I like that one. I, I did too. I came up with that myself. Was, I was like, yeah, and I like you it. are. And I, what was I? I was captain of comics as well. The captivating captain of comics. Oh, I love it. <laughs> thank you guys for having me on. I'm, I'm uh, really happy to be here. Well, thank you for joining us. Oh my goodness. So much to talk about. Where to begin? <laughs> um, how about first, you know, I, can't, I would, it would be hard for me to believe it, but if there is maybe some young kid out there, maybe you can give us um, a little introduction about yourself. I am a cartoonist and have been so for a good 15 or so years. Almost all those years I've spent doing many books and covers, uh, drawing and writing many books and covers at Marvel Comics, uh, which I started in 2001 and been doing ever since. Um, and uh, get ready to launch my first creator-owned comic with Image Comics called I Hate Fairyland. So most people over the last maybe three, three and a half years might know me from what seems like a million uh, little Marvel variants that I do for most Marvel comic number ones. And uh, others might know me from the drawing the Wizard of Oz novel adaptations that uh, we did at Marvel with Eric Schanauer, um, or writing and drawing and writing Rocket Raccoon uh, recently. So yeah, there's a, there's a fair amount of stuff over the years. So I, ho hopefully one of those things have, have made their way into your long box. I think more than one because it, you really you've done like well over 200 uh, cover variants and I'm going to tell you I don't I've talked to so many people out there who when they see a Scotty Young variant cover out there oh they got to get it you know fist you have you know money in hand ready to go get them. <laughs> I'm, like the, I'm like the new version of uh, Garbage Pail Kids <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah right exactly <laughs> I, I got to say, too, man, I, I got a lot of those variants in my box over here that's just piling up now. And my, my girlfriend just keep urges me to buy more. I like her. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll do you one better. My wife wants me to have Scotty over here to the house so he could draw murals of Little Marvel all over my kids' room's wall. Well, she wants me to put to, she wants to put me to work. I don't know that I like her. <laughs> yeah, but her cooking makes it worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, okay, I'm back in. I'm back in. Oh, there we go. <laughs> no, all kidding aside, man. I mean, seriously, what Red was saying, your work is so very identifiable. I mean, as soon as you see it, whether it's you know your your little Marvel variant covers or some of your your other stuff that's not, you know, the 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 little oriented kind of stuff. It's very mm -hmm. distinctive. I mean, to be completely honest, and I hope you don't get mad at me for this, I did find a copy of one of your uh, your sketches. It's a Boba Fett sketch. It's actually my my phone's wallpaper. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I am a little bit of a fanboy and uh, I mean, I have yet to read anything that uh, or or just I have yet to not enjoy anything that you've done, um, you know, for Marvel recently, and I'm actually starting to branch out. I'm really excited for your uh, for your new book that you were talking about. Can you tell us a little about that? Yeah, um, it's called I Hate Fairyland, and um, it is it's kind of uh, the story of a 
it's a the story of a girl named Gertrude who goes away to a magical world filled with imagination and things made of candy and creatures and all things lovely and magical and wonderful for, for kids. And like most little girls and boys who wind up in these worlds do, she sent on a quest to find her way back home and have an adventure that shouldn't last her very long. Like, you know, like anybody else we might know, a Dorothy or an Alice or, you know, a Sarah in the Labyrinth or anything, you know, they should be able to wrap up their journey fairly quickly. And, um, well, she, not great at it, doesn't like it very much. And she ends up being stuck there for about 27 years. Um, and, uh, she ages every one of those years on the inside, but on the outside, she still looks kind of like the eight year old that arrived there. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of the story of a little girl who's grown to absolutely hate this world filled with everything made of sugar and, and people who talk in riddles and everything so saccharine, sweet and cute and annoying to uh, an adult that, uh, you know, she basically has to hack her way through it with a battle axe to try to get home. So um, it's, it's kind of my maybe, I don't know, exercising out um, the numerous times I have to reread the same children's book to my son, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, these, these, these books are great the first time you read them. Then on the 45th or 55th time you read them, you're just, you know, you're getting annoyed by the cat in the hat, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, <laughs> so, um, it's my way of having fun with that, those kind of ideas, like looking at children's kind of material and, and, you know, again, almost playing with, with the idea of my career in a way, which has been, you know, a lot of years spent doing children's material, which I love and will continue to do the rest of my life. But I think it's a funny, it's a funny examination of somebody who has grown up uh, you know, an adult man, almost, you know, almost 40 himself. And, uh, you know, who spends most of his days in the, in the world of a child, you know, crafting these children's stories and things like that, where sometimes even the, the characters that I create, I think, wow, what an annoying asshole this character is. (laughs) So this is your chance to vent. (laughs) Yeah. So I thought every time I work on one of these, I always think, um, I always think, you know, what would happen if, if, you know, Dorothy or Alice or Sarah or, or, you know, in the labyrinth or any of these characters that we, that we've watched or read about that go through these worlds. What if one day they just snapped and said, you know what, when I ask for directions, I want you to say left or right. I don't want to be, you know, if I ask who you are, you tell me who you are. You don't answer me with who are you and on some sort of riddle, or um, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So just me playing around with that. So it's really it's definitely a comedy. It's kind of aimed somewhere, you know, I, I put a mature label on it just because I wanted to make sure that parents give it a read through first, because again, I think people assume that things by me are going to be for kids. It does very, it's very colorful. It kind of might look like it might be for kids. So, uh, but I slapped the mature thing on there because it is pretty hyper violent. I'm really playing around with, you know, that old, that old school kind of Lobo tank girl, uh, you know, Deadpool kind of Keith Giffen vibe a little bit that, that I grew up watching and, or reading. Um, so there's a lot of kind of over-the-top, hyper-violent kind of stuff in there. It doesn't curse, but only because Fairyland's magic filter won't let you curse. So there's a lot of, you know, Fairyland... <laughs> there's a lot of Fairyland translations um, for, for cursing. 
what, what was the what was the line muffin fluffer yeah there's muffin fluffer there's there's hugger fluffers there's uh god i can't remember half of them i'm, I'm that's i'm constantly like every time i think of one i write it down to see if i can't fit it in somewhere uh, <laughs> so, uh yeah, it's kind of aimed at, you know, I say it's not for, my kind of tagline is it's not for kids unless they have really sweet parents, you know? <laughs> gotcha. uh, so yeah, that's kind of the, that's kind of the gist of it. It's, it's an ongoing series. It's, uh, comes out October 14th and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a really fun over the top, wild, wacky kind of humorous ride. Um, I have to ask then, how long have you been thinking about doing a story like this? Um, well, I think Fairyland probably started to kind of, the idea for it probably hit me around, I don't know, I would say about four years ago. Okay. Um, it was right around the time I was near the end of Oz. We were still working on it, and it was near the end of it, and um, again, my son was around two, and so we were really, really heavy into the, you know, reading picture books at nighttime and because he's two, you know, he kept picking the same ones out and during the evenings we're watching, you know, the same three episodes, the Yo Gabba Gabba over and over and over, and, you know, door the explorers on and, and, and I just go to sleep hearing on the map, on the map, on the map, on the map, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, like they're done that. Uh, it, yeah. It was right there. And, you know, for, yeah, for anybody who's a parent, you know, exactly what I'm talking about. Um, so I was literally right there in that perfect zone. You know, my house went from being the home of a, you know, uh, late twenties, early thirties, something man to, you know, and, and his wife to, you know, with guitars around and, you know, like a, like a, you know, this is the house with DVDs and everything. So all of a sudden yeah. it's baby, baby gates and bouncy seats and rattles and every, you know, so it's like your, your floor is covered with baby kid stuff, boxes that look like houses, trucks, these shows are on repeat. Like for anybody who's ever watched Nick Jr., they I think they only have four episodes of any show and they just repeat them all day. Yes. Like, <laughs> so for a good, for that year, about four years ago is when it really started kind of creep in like the idea of like, hmm, these this kid world, what would it be like to just be so annoyed by all this stuff? And so I started to craft it about four years ago. Um, and it, it's taken different, it, it, you know, it, it kind of went through different iterations. I mean, the very first iteration of it was really very literal to me, which was a big, you know, a boy went through to, to the world and, 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 you know, aged, but he aged physically as well. So he looked like a big, burly scruffy you know hulked out you know lobo like guy so i kind of was taking the concept of that trencher lobo kind of thing very literal and you know me like me being like examining the annoyance of all this stuff and playing with it very literally um but over the over time as i kind of crafted it and thought about it and i'd bounce ideas off my friends and and it'd be funny i'd I'd call Hickman one night and say, Hey, what's up? What's funnier? Is it a 40 year old guy, a 10 year old boy, a 30 year old woman or an eight year old girl? He was like, what's funnier? You know, and he would say <laughs> one thing and I'd call another friend and they'd say another thing. So I was kind of workshopping it. And eventually, eventually over the years, I kind of 
you know, as I'd get done with this project, get to get done with that project at night, I'd go with a sketchbook or something. And finally, I thought, you know what the funniest is? It, I think I'm going to get a lot more mileage and jokes out of it being a little girl because I think, you know, there's enough time as you read through it, you forget that she's 40 on the inside and then something will happen where you're kind of either grossed out or like, Oh my God. And then you're like, Oh yeah, wait, she's a, she's an adult. Okay. She's an adult. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, it was about four years ago. I kind of started to craft it. Very cool. Now I've got a couple questions for you now for, I hate fairyland. I see already one variant cover that you have out for it. Um, an explicit, mm-hmm. an explicit one. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, how many different variants will we see from Scotty Young for his co- for his cover? Uh, all we're gonna, all I'm doing for I Hate Fairyland is the two covers per issue. So it'll okay. be one regular cover, um, and and that's another kind of side story for the book is the working title for it. All the years that I I was working on it was never I Hate Fairyland. It was always I don't know. Do you guys curse on the show? If you don't, it's fine. Uh, the the, the um, F bomb Fairyland. Yes. So, uh, yeah, it was F-bomb fairyland, but not with bomb, the actual yeah. word. So um, that, was, uh, that was the name of, that was my working title mm-hmm. for it all those years. Um, and I went back and forth with um, Eric and Eric Stevenson, the publisher at Image, and, and uh, Robert Kirkman, and would bounce, bounce it back and forth with them. Like, do you guys think that I should call it this? Like, just go for it? Um, and, you know, like, yeah, well, and, and they were like, well, I mean, you can. I mean, part of you, you know, in some stores it'll help you, and some stores it'll hurt you. And there was a give and take. And we kind of went back and forth with it, and, and eventually, Eric and I, you know, kind of decided like, all right, you know, it's all fun and games. But let's we we'll probably should just call it I Hate Fairyland. Not so smarter business call. And, mm-hmm. and 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 then when we announced it at the Image Expo um, last January, um, they. When we were on stage, Eric had kind of prompted me to tell the story. Like, well, hey, you used to call this book something else, right? And so I told the crowd, and the crowd got a kick out of it and laughed or whatever. And so later that night at the reception, or the reception of the art gallery, and, um, later that night, a lot of retailers started coming up to Eric and I asking if they could have the explicit cover. Mm. Like, like, could we have a variant of the explicit cover? And so Eric and I were like, wow, we really... We really kind of debated for too long over which title to call it. When we, why didn't we ever think we just we just call it both? Okay. You know? So, um, so that was really what what it came down to, and that's so that's but that's all that I'm doing for each. Uh, the, the first cover there are two variants, but one is a very limited, and it's for the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund okay. um, for their membership drive. So uh, I think retailers who sign up. To, for the membership of Comic Book Legal Defense Fund, we'll get one of those exclusive covers through that. So okay. that's less of a that's less of a sales thing. That was more for a thing for the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund. So they'll have a cover. And again, if you're if there's going to be um, an organization to support, you know, a, a comic with a extra rule on the cover, it's going to be Comic Book Legal Defense Fund, right? Like, because if I get in trouble for it, they could be my lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but awesome. the rest of the covers, the rest of the covers will have the regular number one cover by me. Um, then they'll have the F bomb cover where I do it. It's kind of a little bit, maybe more gory or a little bit more violent. Um, but then there's a real special one for the F Fairyland cover on number five. 
and I haven't announced it yet. So you, this will be the first time I'm telling anybody, but, um, uh, it'll be solicited soon, but the FRA land cover for issue five won't be a drawing at all. It will be, um, it's like almost like puppet, like puppet figures created by, uh, Leslie Ann Green. And that's, uh, Jeff Lemire's amazingly talented wife who, um, if anybody who bought Descender, his book, uh, she did a, one of the covers for his book, uh, with him and Dustin and, uh, where she literally goes in and makes these little dolls of the characters. So I thought, Oh my God, what amazing idea to have her use those talents and, and make little violent, creepy dolls of my murderous dirt, you know, laying waste <laughs> to some, you know, pillow folk of the quilt of the quilt lambs, you know, <laughs> that <laughs> um, is awesome. Well, that's pretty yeah, cool. so that's that's here first, I've been wondering guys. who would do who, an, a, a, a variant for, you know, like I said before, the vision of variants, who would you pick? And there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, I've, I've, I've got a lot of my friends to come in and do some pinups for me in the back, but I really wanted to try to, you know, weirdly enough, since I do am known as kind of this variant guy, I almost wanted to go the opposite direction with, with my, with my book and really try to keep it um, as simple as possible. So, I mean, even with my variants, there aren't any, uh, there's no minimums or any kind of uh, hurdles to get over. It, you know, you can order whichever one you want. You can order both. You can order one or the other. There's no minimums or, or no thresholds that retailers have to visit or, or hit to get them. So I really want to try to keep it simple and keep it fun and, because this is really just about the comic and, and, and everything like that. So I tried not to get too deep into the crazy variant hoops. Well, we appreciate that. Because <laughs> you had a lot of variants come well, out this last week. I did, yeah. You did. <laughs> Quite a few. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, Scotty, if you don't mind. Um, I know that you had a little bit to do with the original Avengers versus X-Men title. Um. When was your when was your first real real opportunity to work with Marvel? Uh, well, my well, I started working. My first comic that I ever drew was at Marvel in two thousand one. Um, so I drew Iceman number three in two thousand one, a fill in, and um, just a couple months after that, I did another X Men comic uh, for X Men Unlimited, and then uh, you know maybe six months after that, I did my first series, which was. Uh, Spider-Man Legend of the Spider-Clan, which was kind of like a little ninja manga version of Spider-Man. And um, we did that many series. Then I rolled right into Human Torch and then to Venom and then the New Warriors and then the New X-Men. And so, I mean, since 2001, I've been doing monthlies uh, at Marvel ever since. So, and then, you know, eventually started write, writing as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it, was, it was way back then before... I don't know. Maybe before telephones. I don't know. Long time ago. <laughs> I was. I was. Uh, I was going to ask. Yeah, I, was, e I was going to ask. Even beyond that, I saw a thing on Comic Book Database for an Atlas with, I think, Avatar yeah. Press. You did a cover for them, I think. Yeah. Well, back then it was. Um, I want to say they were like called Tidal Wave. Yeah. It's, okay. It's the same. It's a same company that now is called Blue Water, I think. Like they do all those really bad auto bio or like music bio people, like the Bieber comic and that whatever. Like 
It used to be called Tidal Wave, and back then they did a book called Atlas, and they did uh, Judo Girl or something, and they did uh, Sense Muse, and it, you know, it's kind of like a you know top cowish image like company mm-hmm. um, back then. And uh, yeah, I mean that was I knew Mark Brooks and I have been friends since back then, and that was a that was a one of Mark Brooks's very first series that he was doing. And so he was the artist on it and we became friends. So I got to do a cover for it. So yeah, that was one of my first covers. I can't remember if I did that after I did my Iceman book or before it very well could have been before. Uh, Cause I had done, you know, I was trying to break in a little bit, a little bit. It's somewhere around the same time around that same year. You want to talk a little bit about how you got the opportunity to uh, break into comics? Yeah, it was, um, I just went out to Wizard World Chicago. And back then, again, eons ago, uh, you know, the convention culture is very massive now, right? There's, there's at least three or four conventions a month oh, somewhere yeah. in the country. Um, but back then, it really wasn't like that. Back then, we, had, we actually called it convention season. And it started kind of right in May. Um, and, you know, really just went through the summer. You know, uh-huh. uh, and, and there was, there really was only a couple big ones. So there was, uh, San Diego and, uh, Wizard World, Chicago. And, uh, I mean, there was no New York show yet. And I, I mean, those were the two big shows. And then there was Toronto Fan Expo back then. I mean, still, but, um, so back then, Wizard World, Chicago was a very big show. I mean, massive. Um, you know, second to San Diego. And, um, so I went out there. I had met a, a, a self-publisher in Chicago, and I just moved to Chicago, you know, that year and was waiting tables. And I drew, and this my friend, his name is Joe Curry, and he self-publishes. And he was like, "How oh, do you want to draw a book with us?" And I thought, "Oh, this is so cool." And he was like, "Yeah, we're getting ready to go to the convention. You can come out and sit with us." So I brought my portfolio out there, sat behind the table with him. Just felt like super special and cool, right? And um. Uh, it was then that like CB Sabolsky, uh, you know, who's a talent scout and, and a talent manager at Marvel now. And that, you know, has been a Marvel ever since I've been a Marvel back then he was doing stuff with image. He had an imprint with image where he was publishing, you know, some Japanese artists here in America. He also, things like that. And he, was looking for some new young artists to kind of do some projects. And he had left a card for me, uh, after just looking at my portfolio. And so over the year we became friends and kind of, I started pitching some projects to him and he was, he had started to write a few things at Marvel, um, and happened to be up at the offices one day when Mike Martz needed, um, a fill in artist, uh, because somebody, so I couldn't finish the, finish an issue or do an issue or whatever. And so he said, I know that you know a lot of young artists. Do you have anybody kind of handy that, that you could, you know, you could put on this, you know, give me the contact for it. And, you know, we get this to turn around pretty quick. And again, you know, this is, this is in 2001. This is the very early days of the internet and message boards and things like that. So people didn't really have, you know, to have your own website back then cost a lot of money. You know, it was not a free situation. And, uh, so a lot of people, you know, most of your time was spent on message boards because that's the only place that you could 
get on and pass stuff around for free. So it was hard for editors to find people. You know, there was, it wasn't as easy as it is now, right? Where everybody has seven, I mean, I've got seven places online that have thousands of pieces of my artwork and it's all free. Um, back then it was just, you know, you had message boards and editors sifting through the stuff. So, you know, it happened like that where a, a guy, you know, an editor would ask someone who had the reputation like CB who, who he knew like, Oh, you go to a lot of conventions. You have kind of a, you have a, you know, an actual Rolodex, you know, a literal Rolodex with numbers in it. Um, and so CB gave him my number and then CB had called me and said, Hey, Marvel's going to call you, man. Just act surprised. I was like, well, I, I probably won't have to act surprised. I probably will be surprised. <laughs> um, so Marvel called and uh, asked if I could, you know, do I, am I cool to turn this book around? And I said, uh, sure, you know, sure. Yeah, that'll be no problem. Got off the phone and uh, proceeded to have a heart attack because I had never drawn a full comic book before. <laughs> and now, now I was going to do my first full comic book in a month uh for marvel comics so no pressure no biggie you know yeah. i'm 20 I, I mean i might i think i was 22 at the 22 or 23 i don't know I mean, it oh, was wow. scary, dude. that's crazy yeah, um, now um i i saw some of your your venom artwork just when i was you know searching online for for some of your stuff and i gotta tell you i remember seeing those that version of venom and thinking this is probably one of the most terrifying yet cartoony versions of Venom that I've ever seen. And right. yeah, and just, I mean, it, even before really getting into your work, I was already into your work without even knowing it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, the Venom stuff was interesting. I mean, a lot of that early, I mean, I would say Venom was probably the, was getting close to the like midpoint of my career where I was starting to get a grip on it a little bit, but still it was a little off, you know, like, and by that, I mean, like, like anything we do, right. If you're a guitar player, a painter, a writer, whatever you are, I mean, when you first start off these things, you know, a guitar player, you first start off, you're, you're playing other people's songs, right? Like you're picking it up, you're playing chords, you're, you're 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 putting those chords in those you know you're playing a nirvana song you're playing a pearl jam song you're playing a dave matthews song or whatever right you're just you're learning how to play and you're playing other people's songs and it's kind of the same with art uh in a way where you know, you're trying to figure out how to do this you don't know how you have to go fast you're kind of cobbling together how to do it based on you know, this favorite artist of yours or that favorite artist of yours or this thing that you saw in this book. And so you just like all these things are soaking in and you're running and you're trying to figure it out. And slowly, you know, it starts to make sense and your influences start to fall off and, and fall to the wayside. And eventually out of there, similar again to a musician, you know, you're no longer wanting to play covers. You want to start now writing tunes, you know, and, um, and I think that's the same thing that happened with me. And Venom was kind of like maybe that last version where it was like, you're still a definitely like a, uh, a surface level of my influences kind of in there. And, and some of the, my mentors and teachers and things like that, it's not teachers, but just people I looked up to. Um, and then right after that was, was new warriors with Zeb Wells and I, and that may have been like really the first time that I 
just was like, you know what, I'm going to really go for this, uh, this other thing. And, and I think that was really a turning point and kind of, uh, me starting down the path of where I am today, which I think is really kind of, you know, the most fully formed of, uh, that I, I've seen myself, but yeah, I mean that the venom years was, were, were, was interesting because I, I liked it, but I still was like searching for who I was and how to do it and, happy with some of it, not happy with some of it, but it's, it's definitely, it's interesting to look back at it now, you know? Now I wanted to ask you, you're mostly known as an artist, but you've started writing uh, most recently with Rocket Raccoon, which was hilarious. Uh, it was a great, great title. I wanted to ask, um, what, what got you into writing? Were you approached by Marvel to write or did you come up to them with a script? No, that, that was another thing. So it was probably about 2000 and 2006, uh, I was doing a spider clan. So in 2006, after I got done with New Warriors, um, uh, we're trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. And I had said to CB, because CB now worked at Marvel, and I said, you know, God, man, I wanna, I'd love to revisit the spider clan series because... Like that was my first mini series ever, and I wasn't that good. And like, it'd be really cool to revisit that. You know, now that I've learned how to draw better. And so they were like, "Ah, oh, cool." And so we we CB wrote up a story, and and uh, and I drew that. Um, but before we got going on that, uh, John Barber, an editor up there, he's at IDW now, but he had reached out and said, "Hey, we're going to do this kind of, you know, like a like a quick series of the Marvel monsters." Uh, do you want to draw one of these stories? You know, like, like a 14 pager. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I, I do, but why don't you, he's like, all the characters are free. Who do you want to do? And I was like, well, I'd like to do monster Frankenstein. Can you do monster Frankenstein? He's like, yeah. I was like, well, why don't you just let me write it too? Cause at this point I had also been kind of doing stuff in animation, uh, as far as just character development and stuff and, and, and style guides and stuff. And I, you know, spending a lot of time reading scripts and things like that. So I was like, I was just getting the itch to start trying to tell full stories. So he was like, I literally just asked, like, hey, do you, do you care if I just write this too? And he's like, ah, oh, sure, go ahead. So it's a 14-page story. I wrote and drew it, and he really enjoyed it and came out well in it. So it was as easy as that. And then over the, over the next couple of years, uh, you know, every time Marvel has an event, they always kind of do an anthology-style book where there's short stories that kind of surround the ancillary characters of that event or whatever. So there was a couple X-Men things and they would do the X-Men crossovers and I would get in there and I wrote a couple of those short stories and drew a couple. Then I, then one I wrote, uh, then I started writing and drawing or writing them for other artists. I wrote one with Dan Panosian. Um, and then Deadpool, uh, Deadpool team up opportunity came up to write a one shot. And that's when, uh, I got my buddy Ramon Perez to come over who to come over and do uh, do that with me at Marvel, and now he's you know uh, doing amazing things everywhere and winning, you know, being a, the, the monster artist that he is. And so I got I got an opportunity to work with him before he became the the superstar guy. And um, so I did a Ted Deadpool team up, and then I wrote a Magneto miniseries with that Clay and Andrew. I think I want to say 2012. Um, somewhere around there, I did a, a four issue Magneto uh, series that I wrote. So yeah, over the years, it was just slowly but surely just kind of getting in there and testing out the, the, the genres and waters and characters. 
Um, and then basically once Oz wrapped up, um, or Oz was getting ready to wrap up and I was again, had a meeting with CB and kind of said, you know, you know, they asked like, what do you want to do next? And I said, well, I said, you know, I don't know, whatever it is. I definitely know that I want to start writing. I know that I'm at that place now where I know, I know what kind of stories I want to tell. Um, I know what kind of stories I want to draw. Uh, and those are the kind of stories I want to tell. So, um, yeah, it was just, a, it was as simple as that. And then he said, well, what, you know, asked what books he thought I wanted to do. And I said, you know, I'd love to do something comedic. And so maybe a Deadpool or a rocket raccoon or something like that. And, you know, at the time, uh, the guardians movie wasn't even close to out. Like it was barely news about it out in the world. And at, at the time the, the guardians of the galaxy book had just launched with Brian and, and Steve. So, that's why I mentioned Rocket because Rocket was part of that book, and I thought, oh, maybe we can spin them off and do a solo book, you know, and, and I could do that. And they were like, oh, cool. So Marvel kind of greenlit that pitch uh, that I gave them, and and then uh, yeah, that was it. So it really, like, it's kind of like most things through throughout my career just kind of would just happen because I would just ask, you know, if I could do it. You know, worst thing, worst thing I can say is no, right? I, I just want to say that a Deadpool series written and drawn by you would be phenomenal. That was a fun one shot, man. I did, I wrote a, I wrote a Deadpool team up with uh, Deadpool and Galactus, um, <laughs> and and this whole story was about uh, Deadpool, like the economy was bad, and Deadpool was having a hard time getting him jobs. Nobody was looking for a Merc all of a sudden. And he was looking in the paper and he saw a classified ad uh, and it said, Harold Wanted. Um, and and uh, he basically answered the ad and then he finds himself up in the cosmos talking to uh, Galactus and Galactus is looking for a new Harold. So he gives, uh, he, he gives Deadpool a crazy big hot rod like uh, surfboard and then uh you know deadpool's running around warning planets of uh, galactus is coming but the whole time he was just like talking galactus in the ear off right and galactus is like oh my like like deadpool's talking about friends episodes and fantasy football teams and <laughs> And Galactus is just like, I can't effing handle this guy. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, it was, it was funny stuff. So it's, uh, I really, I really, I just like enjoy writing those kind of honorary characters. So Scotty, <laughs> yeah, um, a couple of questions for you, if you don't mind. Now, mm -hmm. some of our listeners had a few questions that they want to post at you, um, if you don't mind answering. Now, we noticed sure. on your website that your commission stuff is down right now. And mm -hmm. one of our listeners, uh, Carpenter, wanted to know when you might have that back up again because they would like to uh, um, submit some commissions to you. Probably will not be any time soon, sorry to say. Um, it's, it's tough. The commission stuff is, is uh, it's, it's funny. When, when you're not getting a ton of commissions requests and you have it open and you don't have a lot of work and you need commissions, they don't come in as frequent. And then when you have tons of work and you can't get those done and you can't do commissions, then it's like you get 50 requests a day. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's, it's feast or famine most times. And right now, uh, right now, you know, I've got, uh, 
my son, my son's almost six and in kindergarten and we have a, an eight week, eight week old baby here. And then I've got my new image series and I'm still writing rocket raccoon group. And, uh, you know, I've got a couple other projects on the rise. So there's so many things going on that sadly right now commissions, as far as like from home over the mail or through the mail, aren't going to be open any time that I can see in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, but I still do sketches and commissions at whatever conventions that I head to. So I always try to keep my convention, uh, list on my site updated as, as frequently as possible. Okay, great. And we had another question for you by Vegan Zombie asking you um, what kind of projects do you hope to work on in the future um, past um, Fairyland and what is the, your uh, dream series to draw? Well, I mean, a lot of that's going to, most of those answers are going to be my own stuff. You know, like <laughs> um, I Hate Fairyland is just so fun. It is, there's not many things to match being like stepping into the studio um, during the day and taking a blank piece of paper and filling it with your ideas top to bottom and not asking anybody, not running it by anybody. You know, like I hate fairyland number three. I was penciling, I was penciling issue three last week and I hit a section. The book was 20 pages and I got to the section. I had the whole book penciled. But I, as I was looking through the pencils, I thought, oh, this section, there's, there's a funny it's a funny joke I came up with here. So I didn't have to ask anybody or run it by anybody or do anything. I just, I literally added eight pages to the book that day. Mm. Uh, just like that, right? Because it's mine. And <laughs> there's no rules and there's no, uh, there's no budgets and there's no anything. It's whatever I want. So there's something pretty special about that. Um, so as far as big projects, those are, those are going to like the big long running projects. You're going to see a lot more creator own books for me over the years. Um, you know, I just wrapped up uh, giant size, little Marvel for the secret wars. Um, and that was a super blast. So on the Marvel front, you might see me revisit that kind of material over, you know, uh, diving into that maybe once a year or something like that, you know, uh, getting, getting in there and, and playing around with the, the little Marvel characters more in their own series. Uh, I did have a conversation today with another aspect of the company that's got a little flavor of something cooking up, you know, nowhere near I could talk about yet, but you know, something brand new in that, you know, something, something brand new format and everything. So there's definitely some, some things on the Marvel front to look forward to that I can't quite talk about yet, but then I'm also writing, I'm still writing uh, Rocket Raccoon and Groot that Felipe Andrade's drawing. Um, uh, so, yeah, but as far as the dream, dream series, I mean, I got, oh, you know what? Here's a dream series. If, if I, if J.K. Rowling would let me, I would draw the heck out of a Harry Potter series. I could see you doing that too. Yeah, that would I would be kill awesome. her. And I did see, yeah, I did see some of your sketches that you did. With yeah, Harry for Inktober. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I would, I would love a Harry Potter series. That would, that would be my dream series. I guess if it, if it wasn't my own book, it'd be that. Now, if you did a Harry Potter series, do you think you would have that colored or keep it black and white? Oh, I definitely have it colored. I, I 
I mostly think in color while I'm drawing. Uh, in fact, sometimes I get frustrated with myself when I end up black and white because I usually overdraw it. <laughs> I usually add too much ink to it, trying to overcompensate because my brain, I think in color from the beginning anyway, so I'm always envisioning what it's going to be like in color at the end. Well, I have one more que one question of my own, and I ask this to everybody that we interview. What does Scotty Young keep in his short box at home other than his own stuff? Ooh, a lot of Crispicello, uh -huh. um, a lot of Tank Girl, oh. um, a lot of Duncan Rouleau. Uh, if you guys, do you guys familiar with Duncan? I am not. I am not either. Duncan. Okay, Duncan Rouleau did a lot of stuff in the '90s with Marvel. He was a part of the Man of Action uh, guys which is Joe Kelly, Joe Casey, Steven Siegel, and Duncan Rouleau. They have, they created Ben 10. Mm. Uh, I'm sure if you guys have kids, you know what Ben 10 is. Yes. Um, they created Ben 10. They were the people, they were the group of dudes that created uh, uh, Big Hero 6 at Marvel. So that mm. movie, Big Hero 6, that was made was based on their creation. Um and they are they are producers and writers behind the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. And Duncan has also some books called The Great Unknown, Nightmarist, M. Rex. There was a cartoon called Generator X that was uh, his his comic based on his comic. So he's a great artist, great cartoonist, good writer that I really dig. Um, so yeah, a lot of uh, trying to think of what else I got over there. Um, hmm. I mean, that's that's about it. I mean, that now my whole I just got comics strong everywhere. There's there's comics by called uh, Dungeon, and they're European comic uh, by uh, Louis Trottenheim and a uh, and a bevy of other artists that I really dig, and they're kind of like um just comedic kind of dungeon and dragony animal books they're really funny and cartoony and once you see them you'll see a lot of influence where adventure time got their flavor from uh so yeah it's cool it's uh yeah there's a lot of stuff in my short box i think <laughs> <laughs> that's cool now I, I also had to ask you you know you've done so many variant covers and at least 300 do you have an actual number for that because i haven't been able to put one together yeah, I don't know if it's, I mean, I've done a lot of covers. I don't know if I've reached the 300. I know the, the little Marvel covers alone, just those. Now, this doesn't count the regular series covers I do or the regular variant covers I do or, any, or all the covers from the years past. But just in the last three and a half years uh, and just on little Marvel covers, I'm over 150, I think. Oh, wow. I think 100... Yeah, I want to say 130 or 140 of them are out, um, out in the world. But I think I've I've drawn over 150 of them somewhere in that zone, which is crazy to me. Thinking, I mean, I still remember 2012, you know, being asked if I wanted to do 10 covers, and I thought, wow, that is a lot of covers. And I remember calling my friend and being like, dude, I've got 10 covers. Like thinking like, have you ever heard of anybody drawing 10 covers? <laughs> like all at once, you know, like this is crazy. Is. And then, you know, flash forward three and a half oh. years later and I've, you know, I've got one or two covers uh, on my calendar every Monday. 
<laughs> I, I would be more than happy and I would do so in an instant if I had uh, a variant cover that you've done, you know, just basically make a wallpaper of it all over my office. I would be very happy. If you check my Twitter, I retweeted a, a, couple, a day or two ago. Somebody has 137 of them up on their wall wow. in oh, frames. Wow. And it basically covers one whole wall and then most of another, uh, which is just bananas. It's just crazy. You know what I think my prize piece would be if I could get my hands on it? Would be your... Uh, what is it? Four page, just giant little Marvel picture that you have that is so busy and awesome and delightful. Yeah, that's a that's a beast for sure. I know. I would be happy with that, just right there in the center of my wall. See, I'd be happy with the, <laughs> the Red Skull sketch that you did. Oh, thank you. I appreciate I, it. Yeah, or or even better yet, a nice four guys in a comic cover variant. <laughs> <laughs> you're a big marvel guy but um would you ever i guess it's one of our viewers asked this to our listeners would you ever what would it take for you to go to dc and do some some work for them um yeah i don't know i mean it really just depends on the timing because i mean I'm, I'm under contract at marvel now and have been for a long time so um yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's not something I've really thought about because it's like legally I can't. <laughs> I don't, um, right now, it's mainly just going to be Marvel and my own stuff until uh, you know until my contract's out, and then you know who knows. But um, yeah, I, just because I'm so busy, I haven't I've, I don't put much thought behind it. I have a follow up question to in terms of your image stuff. Is there anything you have planned to to write but not draw yourself? I do. Yeah, there's a few things that I've been cooking up to write for other artists. Um, I think that I want to try to maybe do a, a year or two of just my own stuff, though, first, um, just to just to really have some fun. You know, I've spent um, I've spent so many years collaborating with great, great artists and great writers. Um, I think it's great, but I think I'm having so much fun. Not not <laughs> you know not doing those compromises and not kind of running ideas by people and not doing that set so that, that just for a minute you know just for a little bit i will want to just enjoy that um uh and just see what that's like for a little bit and then once i get comfortable with that again uh then i'll jump back in and and uh you know write a few series with, with some artists that i've been cooking up for sure Oh, well, Scotty, I think we're just about running out of time unless anybody else here has any questions they want to bring up. Oh, no. But, I, man, I just want to thank you once again for coming on the show and taking time out of your day to do this with us. Well, that was my pleasure. Thank you guys for, uh, for taking the time to, uh, you know, throw your support towards me and my books and my work and my covers and all that stuff. It means a lot to me. I appreciate it. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Maybe we can get you back on the show later on when you're further on in uh, I Hate Fairyland. Sure, yeah. If you guys pick up the book and enjoy it, man, I'd love to hear your thoughts. And uh, I'll come on and make you tell me you like it, even if you don't. Yeah, right. <laughs> <There we go. laughs> you know, I don't think I don't think you'd have to make us do it. I think no. we would offer it freely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've already I've already got my pool list for uh, next week. Great, great. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, definitely. Thanks again, Scotty. We really Thanks enjoyed having you on the show. Yeah, you guys have a good night.
Okay, everyone, that wraps up today's podcast with artist Scotty Young. Be sure to check out his new comic, I Hate Fairyland, at a shop near you. Four Guys in a Comic wants to thank all our listeners and guests for the support also. Tune in throughout the week for more podcasts and check us out at our website at fourguysinacomic.com. Also, give us a like and follow on Facebook and Twitter. This is Rusty Surfer from Four Guys. Tune in next week.